0: Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name, the show where I will uncover the stories of domestic abuse survivors. I'm your host, Maya Huber. Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name. My name is Maya Huber, and I am the host of What Was Her Name. Um, today, I'm actually coming on to do a solo episode. And, yeah, there's just so much happening in this space. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've always just been very interested in sharing life here with you guys in a very, like, candid way. <clears throat> and a big reason for that is really just because, um, you know, this is a very niche thing. Like, it, it, in comparison to, like, the whole world, right? Like, everyone it's not the norm to post about domestic abuse and court proceedings and the things that I talk about in this space, like make some people feel really uncomfortable. Um, and you wouldn't know that there's a community of domestic abuse survivors if you weren't looking for them. And I remember when I left my abusive relationship, um, I didn't even know really that other people were experiencing it. Like I know that people get into abusive situations, but I'd never really talked to anybody who'd ever been in it before. And, um, yeah, it was just something really untalked about. And I remember I started like looking up hashtags and I started coming across advocates and then more survivors. And I recognized really just this need for women. And I didn't even know what that looked like. And, I needed it. And it, it wasn't like I was just creating a space for other people. I was like creating a space for myself that like wasn't there yet. And so that's kind of how What Was Her Name came to be. And I'm kind of just sitting here in this space now um, in my childhood bedroom all on the floor. And um, there's a lot here that's shifting and, and a lot of moving pieces that I'll admit, aren't really pretty right now. Um, I'm sitting in a lot of unknowns, and by no means is this episode uh, meant to take away from the very real pain that many of you are experiencing. Um, I'm currently in a transition uh, in my own life, and... Some things have happened, like, over the course of the last, yeah, just more recently that have shifted my life in a very large way. Um, And it's really hard to be in this space because I think that there's this natural tendency to want to, like, pretend like everything's fine and pretend like you're fine and, uh, you know. I have a tendency to want to people please. And it's like, that's just like not really what belongs here in this space because like domestic abuse is not something that's pretty and being a domestic abuse survivor. And like the stigma that comes along with that is also not pretty. And like being a single mom is not pretty. Like living in your childhood home, not pretty. Like it's fighting in, in, in court, not pretty, you know? And a lot of it's just not pretty. And, um, I think like I have a tendency sometimes to write about things in hopes to encourage and to bring women into this space of like encouragement. But I also really recognize the very deep struggles, um, that many are facing, including myself. And I know that housing is really difficult, uh, buying groceries, like, just making ends meet, Um, dealing with the loss of, like, maybe the life that you had, but knowing that it's not safe for you to be in that situation, dealing with the loss of, like, a partner and marriage and healing from abuse and trauma and all these things. Like, it's a lot, and it weighs on you. And I know that there are days where you probably feel like, I don't know if I can take another day. And, like, same. And I'm just sitting here, like, honestly – Like, emotional, even just, like, talking to you. Because originally, I had recorded this episode. And it's a really pretty episode, but it's not really very raw. Um, And I think this one's pretty raw. um, Because it's just really hard to, like, be in this. It's really hard. And, like, I wouldn't wish this journey on, like, my worst enemy. Um, But God... (laughs) And I say that because this episode is about God. And um, I recorded the original episode in a headspace where I was able to portray a very pretty episode. Um, and then I was sitting here on my floor in my childhood bedroom crying with God, thinking, I am so tired. And just pulling out my laptop and being like, you know what? Actually, I think I'm going to record again because I think that, like, there's something to say about the moment that I'm in right now and even what I'm about to share with you. Um, And I hope that, like, it is shown as a testimony to God and also just, like, a kick in the face to Satan as well because I think Satan would love like more than anything to just like make me feel hopeless and to make me feel like there's no hope because I'm gonna be so honest and so real like it feels like there is no hope it feels like there is no way out of like some of these things that I'm navigating and dealing with and like it's so scary and there's like such a weight especially when you're going through it like trying to be a single mom and be present for your child and like I've learned how to like be present for my kid in a way where it's like I didn't just remove my kid from an unhealthy, toxic environment for nothing. And so like now I will, I will show up for my kid in an emotionally stable way that is like emotionally present for my child. And so it's like just learning to navigate how to compartmentalize and to like give my child a very like joyful Childhood, because like if you can present yourself as strong and present yourself as like together and steady, then it's like your kid really won't know. Like it fills in the the gaps and cracks of like the instability that's happening behind the scenes and the financial struggles and all the things. And so, yeah, it's just like, um, it's a lot. And I know that there are so many women, I think I'm like emotional because I'm just like thinking about all of you guys in this space listening and it's like, this journey is like so hard um, and not a lot of people are talking about it. It's not really something you just bring up over coffee with somebody like, oh yeah, I'm an abuse survivor and I'm really struggling to make ends meet and I'm in a court battle fighting for literal safety and um, I'm in debt, you know, and it's like, that's not pretty, um, but it's real, and that's the point of this space, is like, for it to be real, and this episode is real, and I am crying because things are hard right now, but God, and you know, I decided to do a solo episode because someone who's been more recent a mentor to me, um, I got connected with her and it was just such a God thing. And she, you know, she had been someone who I've literally only known more recently and like, I wanted her to come on the podcast and do an a joint episode with me and we had planned to do her her story and then like she felt a halt from God to not share her story and you know I'm never gonna like tell you to come on here and share your story if you're not ready because I think there's a time and place to share your story and like it's not about the pressure of like needing to feel like you need to share your story because like I really do think it comes in time when you're ready. And so I'm all about like you listening and honing into when you feel like it's best to like share your story. Um, And so she was like, you know, I think maybe you should actually just talk about what's going on in your life right now. And I was like, you know, I think you're right. I think that actually could be like a really good idea. And so I'm doing this like solo episode and – Obviously, season five is coming to an end, and I kind of just want to like share a shift in life right now. Um, yeah, so you guys know in this space, I've communicated like up close my experience with abuse and being an abuse survivor, like navigating the realms of custody as I've been in a custody battle, um, to protect my son, and then like, Christianity, some deconstructing phase I went through, healing, dating, inner work, all the things. And it's no secret, like, I've definitely struggled in this space, and I've been really transparent as I, like, literally start this episode crying because I'm, like, in such an overwhelm. But I also am, like, this is the perfect time, actually, to, like, talk about this because it's so real, it's so raw, and it really depicts, like, what I'm about to share with you. Um. Like this episode is about God and I want to preface here that like, I know that there's a lot of people in this space who don't really want to hear about God and they don't want to talk about God. Um, and I think I've stood in this space for enough time, a couple of years that I've earned a lot of your respect as, as a friend or even just as an acquaintance. Um, and you listen to this podcast and I would just ask for you to just give me Just give me this next like 30 minutes and like I feel like I have really wrestled in this space talking about God because I've wrestled with God but also because like I wanted to earn trust here in this space with a lot of you because I know there are so many people who are really hurt and like I've spoken a lot in this space about like my own experience with like poor spiritual leaders. Um, who manage my situation and churches post-abuse who've disregarded me and like I've personally been really weary in church over the last couple of years like I've witnessed a lot of church hurt churches like not supporting abuse survivors uh, not honoring even like restraining orders and letting like abusive men like come and stalk women in their church Um, I've witnessed pastors like who have even entertained my ex-husband who's stalked me and found the church I went to and, and emailed like pastors and them not protecting me like condoning abuse giving poor theology and you know shaming women for leaving and telling them that they need to go back or never get married again and just completely turning like a blind eye and I really like hit this wall in the last probably like six months or so where I couldn't like function authentically in church anymore. And I couldn't like write about God authentically anymore. And I think I've just had this really difficult time because I'm like, I don't know how to like show up in this space because I love God and that has never changed, but I have not really been able to understand fully what was happening inside of me. But authenticity is so important to me vulnerability is so important to me but I couldn't show up authentically here in this space like and I didn't know what to do and so there's just been like this anger under the surface towards God because I've come into kind of this blind agreement I think with this belief that God had really abandoned me in the abuse and like even though I know that that's not true and I'm going to explain kind of like the realization that I've had with the father, like even today going through again, like more setbacks and sitting here just like weeping on my floor with God because I'm like so unsure of the future. Um, it will come up and resurface where I'll be like, God, you've abandoned me. Like, this is so hard. Like, this is so much harder than what other people around me I feel like are going through. And I don't understand, like, why me? Like, why am I going through this? And why are you not, like, like helping me? And I hear that a lot from a lot of you guys. Like, you saying things like, God didn't rescue me or I rescued me or I saved myself or I saved my child or if God was good, why isn't he answering my prayers instead of letting all these injustices pass us by. And like, I've asked myself this very same question and like this same thought like entered my head today where it's like, I feel at an all time low and I don't know what to do. And like, whenever I've talked to Christians, a lot of them haven't really satisfied my answer. And I think they haven't satisfied yours either. Um, And there's a lot of like Christians who are or who used to be Christians who are deconstructing who have had church hurt and you like know how to be a Christian and you go to church or you read your Bible and like that's kind of the same for me. I've never stopped loving God but I couldn't really get past this like hard stop in my soul where I just had these unanswered questions and so there was this point like a couple of years ago where I just got off the stage entirely like I think many of you know I like did worship and led worship and I just like got off of the stage and I forced my feet into the seat every single Sunday. And the only reason that I kept going really was because I had a kid who was depending on me. And like, I'm like, how can I not raise him knowing the very God that absolutely transformed my life and that I love, but how can I also raise him in a church that hurts people and not the church I go to but just church like in general. Um, that hurts people, and how can I teach him about a good God who abandoned me? Right, that's the belief that I've formed, and there just hasn't been this good headspace through the church hurt, and like I didn't really realize it until recently that I had been carrying this really just anger and resentment and bitterness towards the Father, and I do think that there's like a righteous anger because God. He literally flips tables in the space meant to glorify him that are then perverted and twisted. And I have no problem whatsoever flipping tables. Like I say, I've excused myself from the table all of the time and to stand on top of it and get rowdy. But I think like I've also misstepped here um, in a way. And I think like this podcast episode is me sort of just coming back into alignment with the father, but also coming back into alignment with my own integrity Because I think through my own distorted heart, I have sometimes spoken or promoted mindsets that I actually don't think glorify God. And I need to like re-clarify and kind of redefine like what this space is. And this episode, like it could be challenging for some of you listening. And so that's why I said like, I feel like I've earned your respect in this space enough that it's like if you disagree, we can agree to disagree and still remain friends in this space um, I'm never going to press an agenda on you and I'm never going to force you to believe what I believe. Um, but I would appreciate, it would mean so much to me if you would just like, I guess, hear me out and kind of just even, it's like an update, like to my life. It's like, you're sitting at coffee with your friend and you're just asking like how they're doing and what's going on in their life and what's changed more recently. And this is kind of like my update for you. Um, Yeah. More recently, my life has just been drastically altered by an encounter with God and I really felt so strongly and I had talked to this newer mentor, Kelly, about doing this episode and sharing and opening up an opportunity for you guys to also have the same encounter that I've had. Um, and I'm going to tell you at the end how you can do that, but, um, there's an option for you to, to do this, uh, type of work that inner work that I've done. And I would love to like open that opportunity up for you guys for free. Um, so I'm going to kind of start here, uh, just with a couple weeks ago, I was driving like in the desert. <laughs> I was literally driving in the desert in the middle of nowhere. And I, I felt God ask me if he was enough. And I remember just feeling like, so, Rattled and angry with this question because I knew what was about to happen and I knew that God was about to put a halt on some things in my life. And I was like, How is this the very question asked before my marriage seven years ago? I remember God saying to me, Am I enough? And I said yes, but deep down, I don't really know if my answer was yes. And so as I sat in the car driving in the middle of the desert for hours, and I just cried and I yelled at God in the car. Like I was just so upset and I was so angry and I was like worshiping while I was like wrestling and crying with the Lord and so upset. And like, I just thought like, I can't let God be enough because he'd not help me when I needed him the most. Like, how can someone be enough that like literally left me stranded in an abusive relationship and currently leaves me stranded in the middle of the aftermath of abuse and so for hours i just fought with god in the car and it was hours of driving and wrestling with him in my spirit and it was like such a messy moment but honestly like such a pivotal moment in my life like i don't think i'll ever forget that drive with god and like i'd never want to do it ever again because it was like the worst drive of my entire life but i also like feel like it needed to happen um you know, I've done all of the things. Like, I've done uh, every therapy you could imagine. I've done intensive trauma courses, somatic exercises. I've had, like, coaches, life coaches. Like, I've, I've done all the things. And I've only ever been, like, so much healed. Um, and it was honestly torture. At times, like, it genuinely felt like this torturous thing for me. Um, because... I felt trapped in my own trauma and I know that there's a lot of people in this space who also feel like that. We talked so much about how the aftermath feels even worse at times um, because while you're out of the physical situation, your body spent so much time compartmentalizing um, and it's only like when you're safe that then your body kind of catches up and your brain catches up and it sort of kind of just folds and the nervous system is dysregulated um, or the PTSD peaks and you see through a distorted lens and your reflexes jump at like any potential threat. And even when there is no threat, it's like so hard to really know what to do or who to interact with or who to date or what's kind of going on. It's just, it, you just feel like in a total haze. And I felt like that for the last years. Um, and don't get me wrong, like I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I'm a huge advocate for intensive courses and somatic exercises and all the things, but it can't be, like, your only thing. Like, that can't be your only source of, like, therapy. And, like, I have tried it with that. I've also tried it, like, simultaneously beside God, but I never really included God in the trauma, and I didn't even know really how to do that. Um, and i don't think you would know to do this if no one is telling you to do it. and so through my experience that i've lived, i'm like sitting here telling you this. and i'm telling you this on probably like one of the worst days that i've had in a really long time. um like it's just been an it's just been like an a really hard time. like i could just like like, ball in tears because it's just, like, it's, life is just so hard right now and, like, it's not even to be, like, yeah, it's just, you guys know, it's hard. Like, this journey's hard and I'm sitting here because God is enough and, like, I want you to hear this from a place of, like, very raw vulnerability where, like, things are really hard for me and, like, nothing is sorted right now and I'm still sitting here recording this episode with you guys because I, Know that God is enough and God is good. And this isn't some, like, pitch for you. I'm not selling something to you. Like, I'm not selling God to you. This is an experience that I had in an encounter with God that I had through a specific type of healing that has changed my life forever. Um, Yeah, I... I was sitting at church like a couple of, well, it was probably like a month ago, and I had this guy who had come up to me, and he was like, you know, I feel like, he was like, I feel like there's these walls around your heart, and God just wants to break them down, but also, like, he wants you to keep your heart tender, and I remember thinking, like, okay, that's really good. I mean yeah, maybe there are walls around my heart and I can keep my heart tender. And so I started to pray for that. I was like, keep my heart tender. But I don't really think I even knew what that fully meant um, or looked like. And after that desert drive that I had a couple of weeks ago, I really found myself in this desperation for an understanding of what was going on in my heart. And um, I met with this woman named Heidi at my church who had connected me um to another woman named Kelly and, um, we were sitting at dinner over some tacos and I was telling her about what's going on in my life. And she was like, I really think that you'd benefit from an inner healing. And I was like, Oh, you know, well, yeah, maybe because I had done something similar, but it was not with someone who I would yeah, the organization I was doing it with, I wouldn't recommend ever again or, you know, whoever these this group of people that were doing it, they I don't think they were trained properly. And so it actually created a a lot of spiritual trauma for me. And so I was when I as the moment I heard inner healing, my ears perked up and I was like, mm, "Nope, not doing it." Nah. But I'm sitting with Heidi and like I absolutely adore her and trust her. And so she's like, "Will you just like come to the church with me and meet Kelly?" So I was like, "Okay." I don't know why this is like, so like, you know, it's like, can we just, you know, sit at dinner? And she's like, she's like, after dinner, let's just like go to the church. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe I should just listen to what Kelly has to say. So I get to the church and I meet Kelly and I immediately have just this like, yeah, just this peace with her. And she looks at me and she's like, inner healing changed my life. And I, it was really just as simple as that where I was like, okay, well, if you're so willing, if you're saying that inner healing changed your life. Like that's such a big thing to say that I'm like, well, it's worth a try because at this point, like nothing else is working. I've literally, literally, literally tried everything. And, um, yeah. So then like, I ended up, um, going to, uh, Heidi's house a couple days later and, um, we sat down and they were like, you know, what's going on in your life? And I sit there and I tell them my story. And like, I know some of you probably feel like this, like you tell your story of abuse and it's like, there's almost like shame affiliated with it because you're like, this feels like too much. Like it's, it's too much because it is, it's too much for any one person to handle. And you're like, when will someone make a lifetime movie out of me? Because this feels like a never ending drama. Um, And so as I'm like sitting there sharing my story, I kind of like, you know, get halted and she's like where do you want to start like where do you feel like the Lord wants to start and um, I'm going to pause here for a second and say one thing um, that I forgot to say so this inner healing um, before we get started and I talk about the actual inner healing I want to explain that like, what I'm tapping into is something more, like, heavenly, like, spirit, spiritually, supernaturally um, that shifted something in a realm that I really can't see or you and I can't see that had a hold of, like, my life. And I know some people may not believe in this, but just bear with me. I believe in the spiritual realm. Um, I just, you know, there is good, there is God, but with that also comes, right, bad. There comes opposition, a demonic realm. And it's very here and present in this space of like abuse and to not acknowledge this realm I think is just absolutely stupid it's not like being dealt with here like we're not talking about it and like someone needs to talk about it which is why I'm talking about it and I like really strongly believe that there are lies and agreements to false beliefs that have been made on my end were made on your end were made and it's entrapping a lot of us and it's like a poison to your soul and so I'm highlighting that and I'm standing in the gap here to talk about this today. Um, like prior, prior to this, like particular inner healing that I had had, I had grown and healed a lot. Um, but some of the things like I struggled with were like PTSD triggers, distrust, fear, anxiety, all these things. And they were all rooted in what had happened to me, but like even more, um, So that I couldn't come to like a closure or an understanding of like how to fix it. And I just kind of had this thought process like, was I just going to live with the side effects of this for the rest of my life? Like, was my body always going to cave at the side of him? Like, were my triggers always going to feel like a field of grenades was i just going to always question someone's intentions was i always going to have to fight the fear of being hurt or abandoned was anxiety my thorn like these questions that have loomed within me for absolute years um until i did this inner healing and then days later i called up kelly and i was like hey can we do another one um because like the freedom i experienced was so wild that i was like this is supernatural like we're tapping into something so heavenly here and I'm going to do another one. Like I want to talk about abandonment. And so we did another healing and did abandonment. And like the opposition that's coming alongside of the freedom is just absolutely wild, which tells me that like I'm on the fast track for healing. Um, because I already feel so much supernatural healing and I feel like God is primarily calling me to not only keep my heart tender, but to help prepare your hearts. And so this episode is the tendering of your hearts. Um, I want to explain kind of like just what an inner healing is in general. Um, I was talking to Kelly a little bit about inner healing and kind of just trying to get her idea of like really what an inner healing is um, just to kind of like give you guys a little bit a little bit of like an example. Um, and so I'm just going to read what she said to me for you um, as that. Example. So she says inner healing is the process through which individuals experience restoration and wholeness, not just from past hurts, but towards a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. It's um, a holistic approach that addresses the emotional, spiritual, and sometimes physical aspects of a person's being. Um, Yeah. So, all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the actual inner healing. I'm going to backtrack to where I was before. So, I went over to Heidi's house and They're like, where do you want to start? Where do you feel like God wants to start? And I closed my eyes and I saw this picture uh, of me knelt behind the bed. That was often the place where I would hide um, and just cry and pray. And Kelly asked me where God was in that moment. And I felt God say to me that he was right there beside me. And I opened my eyes and I just felt this, like this fury And I was like, no, he wasn't. I was alone. And they looked at me, you know, and they were like, you know, okay. So God's saying to you that he was beside you and you see him beside you, but you in that moment felt alone. And I'm like, yes, that is correct. And they asked me like, what in replacement of that, like what God has to say about that. And I really sat with that emotion of just absolute bitterness and anger towards the Father. And they weren't, like, afraid of that emotion and they weren't, like, shaming me for it. God wasn't, like, even surprised by it. But I was surprised by it because I didn't realize I had carried all of this bitterness towards him until I had to talk about it. And then God highlighted in my mind this array of moments rapidly, like, someone was like flipping a picture book and I was just reminded of these pockets of good, um, good moments of like just the safe. And, um, God was just saying like, this, this is me. And there was this chair that I used to sit in on the balcony at the home I lived in in Europe. And it was where I went to breathe. And he was like, this, this was me. Um, the art that I used to make in the kitchen I used to dance and cook in, like the therapist who breathed with me the last days before I fled, who literally helped me stay afloat and sane because I was like about to have a mental break. Um, that best friend, Lizzie in, in Germany, who spoke of the concept abuse to me and was a massive part of my leave. She and her husband even had served the actual like restraining order papers to him in Europe. Um, and she's one of my best friends to this day, you know, uh, the woman who paid for my flight and the retainer fee for my lawyer, uh, the embassy employee who like, despite not showing up with my passport because my ex husband had quote unquote accidentally left it at home, had stamped an approval over this c- citizenship for our son so that I could fly, um and she actually lived in my little hometown back in New Mexico and we met in Germany like that was God there was this mysterious woman on my flight in the airport who offered to carry my son in the airport because i was flying on a concussion and i was so ill from the abuse i could barely walk and she told me i would be okay and she looked at me and she was like i'm you know rooting for you and she literally physically carried my son And I turned my back to grab my bag and I saw my son with the flight attendant and I asked where the woman went and she just disappeared, like was gone, wasn't on the flight. And that, that was God. Like he, I still to this day believe she was like my angel, what I call her. And I just started to weep at these memories. And like, as we went through a series of like memories and like, Asking God where he was in it and, you know, the feelings that were coming up and really dealing with the root of the emotions that I was having and the things that I had I had formed as beliefs in my mind that I had really never said out loud but truly believed and then asking God what he wants to replace that with and asking God where he actually was in that moment. Um, Kelly looked at me and she looked at me and she said, "My God didn't want you to be abused. Um, and I responded with like, well – you know, there were signs and wonders. God had called me into that because there were a lot of things that were happening that felt like signs that I was supposed to marry him. Um, but it wasn't all necessarily like aligning with the father, like his heart. Um, you know, like I don't think that we were equally yoked, for example. And, uh, you know, some of his behavior at that time, was not the father's heart. And so looking back, like those signs and wonders, like God wouldn't call you into something um, that's abusive because like, that's not his heart for you. And God is a good God and can only be good. Like he, he can only be identified with good. And like, I thought for a really long time that God was like trapping me in something. Cause I was like, I saw these signs and wonders and I know that God speaks and I know that the Holy spirit can move. And so I was like, well, God can't be trusted therefore. And she looked at me, Kelly, and she said, he actually never called you to be in an abusive marriage. Like that wasn't his plan. And I just sat there thinking like, how could this be? Um, and I remember Christians telling me like, God, let me be abused. Like he let that pass through his hands so that I can now help other women. And that's something that if you followed me for a while, you may have even like listen to me say that or like watch me write that. I've actually preached that here in this space before that I would go through the abuse again, almost like I was some sort of martyr of this call to be abused so God could use me, which is actually so incorrect, like invalid. And when I told Kelly that, she like shook her head and she was like, "No." <laughs> like, "No, no, 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 no." God never wanted you to be abused. And I just sat there like really surprised and confused and as we kept going through this inner healing there was just a lot that was brought into the light and I was reminded of um second corinthians 11 through 14 like days later how even satan masquerades himself as light and he's crafty and he has false signs and wonders and it can look like god but it's not god and like after the first inner healing I drove away and I just I haven't felt like that in probably like nine years. Like the feeling that I had and the release that I had and the weight lifted off of my shoulders that I had. And I was like, what, what is this? Like what just happened? And so I called her up a couple of days later and I was like, Hey, can we do another one on abandonment issues in my childhood? And she's like, let's do it. And so, um, as i was like sitting in that next inner healing days later um i just felt this like grief on my heart during the inner healing like this actual like literal pain in my heart and i felt like god was like this is like the deep pain and the grief that he's had over this situation and it was the first time ever that i was like whoa like god actually really cares and i felt it so strong that he was so grieved and it's not just pertaining to me. It's like to the actual idea and reality of women who are being abused and mistreated. And I really felt through this, through recognizing his grief, this meeting of my heart in Jesus's like this absolute reconciling. And I realized that like through every single like moment of desperation he was with me and even today as I sat here crying like he is with me and it doesn't like having this encounter with God it doesn't mean that like it's just like 100% easy and clear all of the time because even today like things have been happening the last couple of days that have been really hard and I sat here and it's like a choice that I have in what I choose to come into agreement with but it's been pointed out to me like the lies that I've been believing about who God is and now it's easier for me to sit through this pain and like I'm able to adjoin to this like peace joy and and honestly like a safe surrender recognizing that like the safest place that I can be is really actually in God's hands and that he hated what happened to me and like he has, like, a total just, like, he has, like, just a total, sorry, I'm looking for my journal because I wanted to read something to you guys, but I don't know where it is right now. Oh, it's um, No, it's not. Okay. Well, I can't find it. Um, he just has this, like, total protection over our hearts oh it's under the laptop okay I found it you guys are like what are you doing okay so um (laughs) lately like God's been ever since these inner healings maybe a little bit before he started like moving in a really wild way to me that I'm not sure I'm ready to share publicly yet but um yeah this this uh Word had just come to my heart um, more recently, and yeah, it was uh, this word Panao, and I didn't know what it meant, and so I looked it up, and um, it's spelled P-A-N-A-O, and um, there's this phrase, it's, I'm going to butcher it, but it's Panao Huenuca Quechua, and it means to make hearts soft. And I just really felt like the Lord is like, I meant what I said about your heart needing it to be tender, but also preparing hearts to be tender. And like this really is an episode on like the tendering, but also just like the Father's heart and how much he's grieved over what happened to us and how much he wants to protect us. And circling back, like I had taken – these signs and wonders that I experienced like back when I was like 19 is God saying to me that I was like supposed to get married to him and then obviously he ended up being like extremely crazy and like literally just like an insane situation and mentally unstable and I was like well God must not be really that good if he's calling me to marry someone who literally is about to like wreck my life um and it wasn't until I sat through this inner healing and I took these signs and wonders to God and God revealed to me through this inner healing, like that wasn't him. Like Those signs and wonders wasn't God. And that had never occurred to me. Like, because I, exp- I experienced like very real things that I wrote down in my journal that I was like, this can only be God. This is so crazy. Like the things that were happening that were pointing towards him being my husband, but it did never align with his word. And these false teachers around that time in the mission school that I was in weren't partnering with God like in what this was like it just all of it was so distorted from the father's heart and the enemy was like trapping me that's genuinely what I believe and what I have come to realize and like yes God gives free will to humans to make decisions like my ex-husband he had free will to make decisions, and he chose evil. Like, your past partner made decisions. You make choices. We all make choices. But it is not in God's plan for you to be abused. It, like, it wasn't, and it, it isn't still. And I had carried so much bitterness that destroyed my perception of God. And it was only through working through all of these really specific memories and going back to those places with God that I came to see the truth and to see that God was beside me the entire time. Like every memory, God was like holding me. He was sitting next to me. And some of you, maybe you could think like, well, is that just your mind? Is that just like you thinking? Like, no, because like the way that God showed up in this inner healing, when I allowed him to, and I was like, okay, there is this brick wall around my heart what do you want to do with it? And letting God into these spaces and recognizing the lies that I was believing about not only who God is, but who I am and saying, and just taking that that leap and saying, okay, I am laying this down. I'm wrapping this all up. I'm throwing it out into the fire. What do you want to replace it with? And then I would feel these words come into my heart or like these people who are helping lead these inner healings would tell me what they feel like they were hearing in replacement of it. And it was really actually like the walking away from it in my own personal time and then seeing the changed self, like seeing like the new self that I was like, oh my gosh, like this actually really works. Like there's actually really a testimony here to this, to what's happening here. And like I have to tell the women of what was her name about this. And I'm so convinced about what happened through this experience um, because something lifted and I had to break off the agreements. Like I had to break these off. And there's been so many things that even spoken in like childhood to me, like, you know, phrases, we all kind of carry them that we believe about ourselves. Like, well, people always leave or people always abandon me or once people get to know me, they'll leave or like something's wrong with me. Like, I don't know. There's just, there's always these lies that we believe about ourselves and you may not even know specifically what it is or you may be like, oh yeah, for sure. I know what mine is. Um, And it impacts and spoils a lot when you don't deal with it. And like, you actually have to break off an agreement that you're making with those. Because Satan would love nothing more than for you to like join into agreement and, and he wants you to keep that agreement. And the only way that he can keep you in that agreement is to continue to like remind you that God is not there for you and God does not grieve over your situation. In fact, his back is turned on you and he could care less about what's happening to you right now. And so you have to like replace them with truth come into agreement with that truth, receive it and declare it. And it's like a daily surrendering. It's like a daily renewal, a daily eating, like not eating, but like receiving that bread. Like you have to daily do it. And like, like I'm, Saying sitting here even just talking about this when I sat here in the beginning of this episode I was like literally weeping like I was so upset and i'm like I'm gonna record my episode right now because this is the most real that it's gonna get And just sitting here near the end talking about this story Again, I have like this fuel And my fire has never gone out because there's this like Flicker of a candle that has been lit and stayed lit this entire time It's something that in the inner healing like kelly saw um, as like a kind of a prophecy, a prophetic over me, and I so believe it because it's re- this resiliency and this endurance that God has given me and placed inside of me to light the way that He has li- lit like lit the way for me, but that He has lit something inside of me, and I watched something lift. I felt it lift. I've been clear minded since. I've experienced true healing and release, and. I believe that there's only so much healing you can get outside of the Father. Like, there's nothing that you can say at this point to make me believe otherwise. Nothing. Inner healing has absolutely changed my life. And I will tell every single one of you, like, over and over again, that if you do not have Jesus, He is what you need. I have lived life without God for. I have, I have lived life without God, then I have gone back to God, then I have left God again, then I have claimed myself a Christian, sat in the seat, but then behaved not like a Christian and, like, behaved very worldly and lived in the world. And, like, I have been in every realm of it and genuinely, like, this isn't some, like, preposition. I'm not, like, interested in selling Jesus to you. He doesn't need selling, but your soul and my soul literally needs him. It's a wanting because you were made by him and he wants to heal you. Like your soul was literally made and created by him. He created you um, in your mother's womb. And like he wants to heal you. Like he wants to be present in this. He wants to help you through this trauma. He wants to see you experience true freedom and true redemption. And I have since done like another one of these inner healings that absolutely shook up the core of my life. Like the grounding that I have stood on, like the actual, like things that have been spoken over me since I was like a, such a little girl, I challenged those things in the spirit and I broke off agreements and like, I can't, even publicly talk about the things that have happened, but the opposition that I have faced since stepping into this realm is absolutely wild. And some of you may listen to this and be like, you sound crazy. I am crazy for the Lord because he is good and he is real and he is present and like he's active and he wants to be involved in your life. And I cannot even describe what God is is doing here. I'm so convinced that like we've actually put together a team of inner healers who are going to offer free sessions for you to, to join in inner healing, to do one. That's how much I believe in this. And they have come together to, to step in this space with you and help you work through memories and help you heal and break off agreements and watch you step into freedom. And I think it's really beautiful because originally, like, I wanted to kind of conclude this with saying that I'm not taking from the pain you've experienced. Um, And I think it's really beautiful how, like, this episode started in such pain because it's like the pain is very real and it ebbs and flows. But God, right? And this isn't a Christian pitch. I know what has happened to you and I know what's going on really now and it's really bad and, and hard and bleak and it feels really hopeless. And you may have been scared then or maybe you're still scared right now. Like I'm still scared and maybe you're feeling angry as you unravel it all. I know what it's like to see injustice and experience it in the system today and like God is like so present in that and he sees like the trauma that you've experienced and he was like, I was there. Like I was flipping tables. I was weeping. I didn't want this to happen to you. I was holding you. Like I was I was holding you. And then when you left, I was it was so brave of you. Like I'm so proud of you. And the good that came, like those pockets of light was me. And like He's just like, Satan distorted your mind, like, to keep you even further from me. He says things to you like, no, this is only your doing that you got yourself out and God left you, but I was sitting by you this entire time. And Satan says like, God, let this happen to you, but... God's like, I didn't let this happen to you. I never wanted this to happen to you. And Satan's like, you are your own savior and only you can save yourself. But God's like, no, like my whole, this whole time I have wanted to save you. This whole time I have wanted nothing but good things for you. This whole time I want nothing but healing and restoration for you. And Satan lies and Satan lies and he lies because the more that he lies and the more that he gets you to come into agreement with the things that are not true, the longer he can keep you from the actual redemption that God has for you. Whew, that is a word. And in, it's just like the Holy Spirit and There is such a spiritual realm to this. And we must grasp that if God is good, then he can only be identified with the very good things. And this evil then was not from him because it can't be because God can't be something he isn't. And he is only good. It's not in his character or his nature to be anything other than that. And you guys, there's an opportunity to specifically sit with memories and invite the Holy Spirit into that space. To let God show you where he was, what he's doing, where he is, what you're believing that you may not realize, how to break that and what he's saying now and how to join into agreement, come into agreement with that. I get no benefit from saying this, but God used inner healing to change my life. He healed me. And he's continuing to heal me. I could do 50 more sessions at this point and probably will do many more. He's healed me in a way inwardly that it couldn't get healed any other way. And I want you to know that you have access. That you are not alone. That there is hope for you. That you don't have to be this little trauma bird for the rest of your life. Just walking around. like. I genuinely have so much love for the people in this space. The fact that this has traveled to, like, what is it, like, 60 countries or something like this, like, in two years is absolutely wild. And I have lost the meaning of this podcast. I lost it, you guys. Like, my integrity got lost in it here because my heart was so distorted by the agreements that I had come into and joined into agreement with. And I'm recentering here because God has kept my heart tender because I allowed him to, and I am in the process to prepare your hearts to be tender. My heart is forever impacted, and I want yours to be as well. Like, I don't want to be the only one walking away from this feeling healed. Like, that feels so, so selfish. I want you to have an opportunity to do one of these inner healings. I want you to experience this same healing and If you have questions, like I would love to answer it. People in this space that are the inner healers would love to answer those questions before you, maybe you want to, you know, understand what you're doing and what you're getting involved in. Like that's totally valid. There's people here who are ready to answer your questions and ready to get you signed up to help you. If you're interested in doing this inner healing, I want you just to direct message me on Instagram and I will get you connected with my team. I don't know how many of you are going to be interested in this. I don't know what this is going to look like at this point with the time length, but we will get to you and you will get an inner, an inner healing. Um I do want to put a little like warning label here that like I've done a, an inner healing once before like a long time ago that was not this. It was a, it was a different type of inner healing, but it was called inner healing and I do want to note that you need to be cautious about who you're doing an inner healing with and I would not suggest just googling something and just doing some random inner healing with somebody like I want you to trust who you're doing it with and somebody who may be trauma informed as well is very helpful because I am not interested in you having more spiritual trauma and if you already have spiritual trauma like I want to make sure that this is a redeeming experience like it was for me. Um, but I believe in this so much, which is why I'm opening this up and why these people are willing to like walk through this with you and d- dedicate time to you. And there's an opportunity here to allow the Holy Spirit into these memories and let God show you what he's doing. I personally want to figure this out and learn everything I possibly can in healing because that's how much I believe in this, that I want to like make this the part of what was her name moving forward. Um, yeah, this is the last episode for season five and I just want to end with giving God glory and giving God gratitude by just like praying over you guys. Um, so I'm just going to say a quick prayer and wrap this up. Um, God, I just lift up the women in this space and, um, I know that you are present in their pain. And I know that it may not always feel like you are present and there may be a deep sense of abandonment. They feel like you have left them. You feel like, they feel like maybe they have just been left to kind of just roam the desert father and you are just beside them father you have this water this bread that you want to give them Jesus and I just I pray and I stand in this gap of where there is uh maybe something that was broken something that was cut down something that has been like a severed bridge Jesus and I just pray for that bridge to be bridged back together Jesus I pray that these women in this space would experience a supernatural healing in your name, Jesus, that there would be agreements that are broken off in Jesus' name over their lives that any bondage that they are in, any trauma that they have experienced, that has become like their identity. We just, we just like literally say in Jesus' name that you would break that off in Jesus' name. We break off all agreements that they have come into, Father, that are not of you. We just pray that you would highlight these and in these inner healings for these women, God, that if they have questions about you, if they are so unsure about what to do, whether to take a step forward and, and maybe go to church or maybe to even like pray, Father, I just pray that you would meet them in that space, God, that there would be no confusion, but just clarity about who you are and about who you've been and about what you're doing in their lives, Jesus. I thank you so much for this space of what was her name and we just give you all glory in Jesus name. Amen. You guys, I'm so changed and marked by him. And my mind and heart have been totally reset. And I love you guys. I'm confident in his plans for me. I'm confident in his plans for you. And I'm sure of my trust in him. And I just needed you to know that in this space. I love you guys. And I'll be in touch with season um, six soon. Love you guys.